Hello and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, comic books, video games, anime, and let you know if it's worth a second. Today we are talking about the adaption to the greatest superhero comic in the universe, Invincible, uh, the show of the same name. I am your host, Jeremy McKinley, joined by... Russell Andrade. And... Sonia Michelle. Good evening, Miss Michelle. Um, today, yeah, so uh, what we're reviewing is just the adaption of Robert Kirkman's uh, creation, also co-creator uh, Corey Walker, and the great Ryan Otley, who did the majority of art for the uh, the series after uh, Corey Walker, I believe, dropped off after like 12 issues or so. But, yes, the show finally came to Amazon uh, under the... Uh, uh, being pushed heavily by uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who also uh, helped get uh, Preacher a, a TV show, which I hear is well, or hear is good. I haven't watched the show, but I've read the comic. I uh, love the comic. But uh, yeah, they got Invincible going. It's an animated series. Looks spot on, like the comics in terms of the uh, the, the, the way the characters are drawn. They're, I guess, all in all of them. I, I, I'm. This is this is based on my favorite superhero of all time. Uh, Russell knows this. <laughs> In fact, Russell may be like one of the only people that's like a a, a fan I could talk to about it. <laughs> so uh, and, and and Russell's actually a big fan as well. Uh, I don't think as big as me, but definitely uh, he, he he definitely loves it. And uh, I got him into it probably I don't know what ten years ago now. Yeah, just about ten years. Um, yeah, I remember. Uh, kind of a funny story between me and Jeremy uh, we would let each other borrow comics from each other um, Jeremy had a bigger collection so I would borrow a lot of comics from Jeremy and um, if there's a certain series that he had multiple issues of uh, graphic novels he'd give me like one or two at a time not to blow through them too fast and he gave me a stack of like seven comics with like Superman the Avengers uh, you know just back and forth between Marvel and DC and at the bottom of that pile for me was this very cartoony-looking Invincible. And Jeremy's like, oh, this is, like, one of my favorites. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I read all the stuff I knew about first. And every couple of days, Jeremy's like, hey, man, did you check it out yet? I was like, oh, no, I haven't got to it yet. And then uh, Jeremy just waited and waited and waited. And uh, probably, like, a week later, after reading everything else, probably at, like, 8.30, 9.30 p.m., I just, I blow up Jeremy's phone. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Uh, like he hit that moment. So uh, there's a moment with, uh, and spoilers for those who are listening. If you haven't watched the show, uh, just just watch it. But there's this, there's a point with Omni Man in the comics, which happens much later than it does in the show. And I'm like anyone that I put onto the comic, that's the moment that they're generally hooked. And Russell was like, yeah, this is cute. But then I remember, I, I, it must have been late. It was like 11.30 and my phone was just like in all caps, holy shit. And I was like, like oh, you finally got there. Cool. <laughs> and it's kind of just been just full speed ahead ever since. So let's just kind of hop into our general uh, thoughts about the show. Miss Michelle, could you give me something you like about the show? I loved all of it. I don't even know where to say. I... If there are like specific things, I just really liked all of it. I didn't read the comics, and you told me not to, so I was watching the show blind. I was hooked from episode one. It didn't even take me to like the 
battle to like be hooked in uh, it. Even uh, before uh, then, I was like, uh, even oh, be- I uh, like uh, it. Even before the Omni Man moment, you yeah, you were already like, I'm down for this. Yeah, I was like, I like what's happening. I want to see more. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that. that I mean, that's. I was already down with it before then too, because because Russell and I watched the first episode together. And we're like, this is different, but it's it's still this it's still the same flavor, which is what we you know, which is as people watching you know and adapting to something we already know, we don't want just a a copy and paste scene for scene of the comic. Mm-hmm. So, but where they took it, I thought was uh, I thought was great. Russell, tell me something you liked about the animated version of this show. So this is a uh, different from you know the comics and this is something i really liked um that more comic fans would be aware of they gave bigger parts and moments for different characters in the series um including um his mother and his girlfriend uh, yeah. in the series and so they they gave some side characters a lot more love which um i really liked throughout um in addition i really liked the cecil character it's really like watching the day-to-day work of like someone like Nick Fury in the Avengers, like all the messes and things he has to clean up. And so seeing all that behind the behind the scenes for the spies and stuff and like how do they get their funding and how do they work their operations and stuff, I'm, I'm here for all of that. So just a lot of side characters got a lot more love than they traditionally did in the comic, and I thought they did it really well. Uh, yeah, I, I think probably the most improved for me from the comic was definitely uh debbie mark's mark's mom uh, she's kind of just i mean she just kind of gets beaten down by life in this comic <laughs> we're just horrible you know when the whole nolan thing happens and you know the whole reveal she's just kind of like kind of left in a daze like i, I what okay and it's just kind of over and i don't think in the comic she actually kind of saw him say all those horrible things either right no, in the comic, I don't believe so. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting for as much as I love Robert Kirkman's writing, um, which is very impressive. He's also the same writer that does The Walking Dead, as a lot of people would know, is uh, he writes so many different characters. And I think one of the tricky things then, too, is it's hard to write characters that you're you can't really relate to. You know, it's it's harder for male writers to write female characters or characters of color and things like that. And and so I, I imagine some of that came across too. You know, he was just, he's, he came up with this brand new idea and, you know, just certain characters got a little underserved. But I'm sure if he would have went back and rewrote it, he would have given them bigger parts, which yeah. thankfully the adaption has did 100%. Yeah, and he kind of did, because if you notice, he actually wrote the first episode. So, and, you know, how, you know, was heavily involved, like, in the writer room for this show. So, it was able, so he was able to basically steer the ship to keep it, like, on, like, on invincible flavor, but probably was able to get more perspectives that, you know, for, like, you know, like you said, females and people of color that he, you know, didn't have just right in the comic by itself. That would definitely make some of these characters feel uh still feel like they're coming from a single mind but definitely a a mind with more perspective so and uh i i think they did uh debbie pretty well uh amber i feel like is a bit of a mixed bag amber was the worst yeah uh <laughs> i did not like amber yeah, she could not at all. she could not handle amber oh at all oh my gosh i was complaining about her so much i felt bad because i wanted to like her i love zazzy beats but i was like 
not a fan. Yeah, there's a thing with Amber, and I, I love watching shows like these that just blow up and everyone's watching. And then I love going on Twitter and listening, like looking at everyone's like response to things. And there is a big universal hatred for Amber, especially when you find out that she kind of knew. She Mark knew. It was like, that's not good enough. You should have told me. And I was right? like, I was. I was like, if you knew, then why were you like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. She didn't think like her her reasonings for doing things I hope maybe they get explained more later because I just couldn't understand her because I was like I guess I can understand you know if like you're dating someone and they're always late or not there of like feeling like I feel like he's not really wanting to be here so I wish he would just like say that but then it's like if you knew this whole time I'm like then like I don't know like make your decision if you want to date a superhero or not like I don't know why you're complaining about it when you know what's going on yeah like break up with him on episode four or five yeah. don't wait till the and uh yeah that that was um i only have two complaints for the season and that was one of them was her character um i'll get to the other one in a little bit here uh but yeah that was just really funny how that played out with her and you know what what people really gotta recognize too it, this is a flaw with her character with that logic is we're in a world now of a lot more acceptance. A lot more people, for example, can come out as gay, and there's a lot more tolerance and acceptance than there was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, I had a very close friend of mine, and I was the first person he came out to, and that was a big deal, and it entirely shook his world. And so in a similar vein, for someone to be a superhero and all the weight and responsibility and saving lives and death and everything you're seeing at the age of, like, 16, 17, that's a lot of weight, and you have to have beyond a massive level of trust, especially in a digital world where everyone has cell phones and everyone's very full of gossip, you know? Yeah. So I think that was a very, I think that was a very weak point for her character. If her character did not know, it would have played out a lot better for her with uh, the fan reaction. Well, and here's the weird thing is she's kind of a, she's definitely a more fleshed out character, character than she was in the comic. However, the character in the comic was definitely way more like lighthearted, and I think the people the, the reason why people don't like this version is because she's just such a wet blanket on the entire like fun of the show. She keeps just like every time we're here, she's always just complaining. And in the comic, she thinks that Mark is doing drugs or something, like that, or is a drug dealer, which is why he's always late. So when he reels into the super, she's just like, "Oh, thank God, it's something good," and not it like. It made more sense for her not to know. Yeah. I don't know why. And also, it's like we didn't really see a lot of them. Like we saw them maybe on like one date, but I was like, "What do they have in common?" I guess I was wondering, other than that, they go to the same high school. Uh, they're young and they're they horny. They both care about people, I guess. <laughs> they're, they're they're young and they're horny. That too, I don't know. I mean, but I'm just like, where is the connection here, other than like, pretty girl, pretty guy? He got beat up for it. That's why she was interested. <laughs> well, know. you know, the the funny thing about her character too is the same thing that a lot of people complain about Ray from Star Wars is she was just kind of a like you said a wet blanket, but just a generally perfect character. There's no distinguishable flaws of her character besides yeah. her like. You know, like how she reacted to knowing he was a superhero. Yeah, maybe I think her flaw is that she could be a bit judgmental. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, like her, her, she's definitely like one note in the sense that, like, 
she puts up with it and kind of forgives him, but she never seems to like surprise you. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, like had she been like, I've known, but I was waiting for you to tell me, thank you. And maybe we can move forward with this. Maybe not. But like, she just seemed like, I don't care. She was like, I can't believe you wouldn't have told me. I was like, it's a secret identity. And like, and and, and like you said with, you know, your friend, uh, you know, like that came out to you. That's like a big moment. Right. And she yeah. just, and she was just like this basic yeah. this moment means nothing. Nothing, yeah. She's like whatever. And so and and and, and here's it here's the uh, going back to my friend for a minute. This friend came to me and I was extremely accepting and it was a very positive experience. This same friend told his family, his immediate parents were very accepting, but then his uncle and other people he's extremely close to were not. It was a very divided line, and so it hurts you both physically and emotionally when you you let out these big secrets. And if they live in a world where there are superheroes, then there would have been tabloids and stories of this going south and wrong, you know? And so their characters in that world would have known how it's just like an an unwritten rule that you just don't explain what your secret identity is. Um, Even the Adam Eve character rightly said, he's like, that's why you can really only date other superheroes because we understand it more than other people. It's like, you know, be, d- dating a superhero would be like dating a judge or a cop where they're risking their lives all the time. You just don't know what's going on in the world and you have to accept that or move on. I think it's an interesting point. I mean, I don't I wouldn't necessarily say that you have to date someone like you in order to because I think that's a lot of the fear <clears throat> in other relationships, like in interracial relationships, that you're going to be misunderstood as the minority. But I'm like, I don't think that that's necessarily that we have to, like, have the same struggles to... No, but there's definitely, like, I, I get what he means by, like, the shorthand. Yeah, like, I mean, it definitely makes and, it easier, and, but I'm saying, like, and also, I guess relationships because, aren't easy. And also, I guess, because you're both out there doing it, there's, like, less worry there's less i don't know i don't know if there's less worry but i I guess the i guess the mutual understanding just kind of makes it like so you don't have to go in and then explain all the feelings you're kind of like i I went through this i've been through that too you don't have to say anything i know exactly no absolutely i mean it definitely makes it easier when you both have the same background you can understand where each other are coming from but i don't think that that's like and like it has to be thing like no. I think it's nice that no. to have balance in a oh, relationship yeah. of like how she's the one that kind of shows him like the food where where does she go to help out like oh the soup kitchen yeah she goes to the soup kitchen and like showing him him like just like a different side that he's not used to because he like has a very nice house he's very oh, affluent yeah. he's never a, really hot you know he's, he's, his he's, dad's a superhero he's a he's teased about being loving upper, parents he's teased about being upper class which he yeah is. <laughs> so it's like he's very upper class so he's coming from this completely privileged world and to date someone that's a woman of color who doesn't have that background, or I don't know, we haven't seen her house. We, we, we don't see her mom, we don't see anything, yeah. like, like, we go to her house, but we don't see, like, yeah, her Yeah, she life. seemed to have a nice house, but I don't, I, yeah, she yeah. seemed like, like she was in a nice neighborhood, she, so I don't yeah. feel like she was struggling. But it's like, just saying, like, seeing someone from a completely different walk of life, I think it's actually growth to be in a relationship with yeah. someone that's completely different from you, and brings that balance of, like, just, like, showing different perspectives, because if everybody just, like, dates and only hangs out with people that are like them it's like you're never going to be able to have this broad view of the world of like oh I can see where this person's coming from or where this person's coming from you're going to like lose that empathy if only everybody's like you 
Yeah. Oh, that's true for sure. And and that and I feel like he kind of gets that when he hangs out with the rock guy, where the rock guy's like, yeah. let me show you what the let me show you all the things you're flying yeah. over. And so stuff. if he's only ever hanging out with superheroes and only ever dating yeah. superheroes, I think he would have a very small-minded, limited well, view of the world. Well, that would assume that every superhero he he he, he hangs out with or dates. Is, no, all, but is only upper class he's in the line. Di- no not even upper class but just like everybody here has superpowers so we all have the same or similar struggles yeah. we can all understand not saying like your life is easy because you're a superhero but like you all have the same or similar struggles and privileges so, so you said just it's just more bubble and, and he yeah i think he gets out i think it? widen your view of the world broaden and like yeah. date people that are like, yeah. life is better off than you, worse than you. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like don't limit your circle because these people understand me. Yeah. And it makes it easier. For sure it does. But it's like, I don't want to be around people that already agree with me. Yeah. I mean, I, and I will say when you're young, you want things to be easy. Yeah. So I do understand you just kind of like, yeah. like, stay someone that, that, you know, that's like you when you're young because you have, because you have all this other stress. I just you think know. that's so boring. I would hate to date it's, myself. It's definitely boring, but I, d- <laughs> I definitely understand when you're young and you, and you're trying to figure out your hormones are going, you got school that you try to figure out what college you're going yeah. to, all that, like, to like not you, have to worry about so like, that. Uh, like, yeah. Like you want the relationship to just be fun and not require that much work, even though, for sure, that makes even sense. though relationships that really matter do require uh, a lot of work. And just the difference is a people that's so interesting to me though yeah so i, I love it definitely it's definitely interesting I, like, i'm just saying in terms of just yeah like you like i don't think we you may have thought that when you were 17 i wasn't thinking like i need the most interesting thing that requires a lot of work i'm just thinking like i i like pretty girls i, I want wanna, someone that likes me i want the one that likes me <laughs> yeah let's start there <laughs> but no i'm saying i do like that I liked that that Amber and Mark were so different. Yeah. Even though uh, Amber got on my nerves and I was like, yeah. don't, like, I don't want yeah. to see her anymore. Yeah. Uh, especially after he, like, revealed to her this big secret. She was just kind of like, whatever. I don't yeah. care that you opened up to me at all. Yeah. You know, let's move away from Amber. Let's move away to something we like, <laughs> which is pretty much for me mostly everything else in the show. So um, let's you know let's 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 start with this. Uh, let's you know, let's start with the obvious. Um, Omni Man, played by uh, my man, our man J.K. Simmons. Uh, I think he killed it, and I think the character was uh, was done pretty much like the comics, but like with definitely some more nuance that just can't be done in steel in steel frames or, or in still frames but but can be done through the medium of animation and I think uh yeah they they knocked it out of the fucking park here. What do you think, Russell? I hope that Amazon releases this in Blu-ray and DVDs and such and that there's commentary for every episode with JK Simmons on some episodes would be amazing. Same. But in that blue t- in that uh, Blu-ray uh, setup box set, I really hope there's like a three-minute short of Omni Man without a mustache in his younger years going to Earth and meeting <laughs> J.K. Simmons from that Earth, saving uh, his life from a giant spider, and then both of them just talking about same voice about how much they hate spiders. And then, uh, J.K. Simmons admires him. He's like, hey, you know, you, I think you'd look really good with a mustache. And he's like, you, you know, that's a good idea. He's like, you think so? Uh, yeah, no, Omni-Man was amazing. J.K. Simmons, uh, I don't think he's ever disappointed me in any performance I've seen him in. Yeah. He, he's like another Gary Oldman. He just shines in whatever character you give him. Uh, absolutely amazing. And I'll say for the rest of the cast, the, the same thing. Um. You know, speaking of uh, 
characters crossing over with Robert Kirkman's work from The Walking Dead, um, even the same character that played Mark uh, Grayson very wonderfully was also another cast member that mm-hmm. was on when... The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, Stephen another, Yoon. Uh, yep. Another Robert Kirkman um, created thing. Oh, yeah. And he, he honestly did a great job as Invincible because I know that he's like in his 30s and I think he played like a young kid pretty well. Because I'm always worried when like, because like I know that women like can play like all the ages because their voices don't crack and then like go deeper when they get older like guys do. But I feel like he really like sounded like a high schooler considering that he's like in his 30s. And uh, I think he I think he was the perfect Mark Grayson. Yeah, he was great. I really liked him. I love I love the um in the later episodes with Omni Man. There's this scene where you know he's beating the crap out of Mark because they're having a difference. Oh, of the opinions. end. Yeah. Oh, the oh the end. Yeah. They're having a differences of opinions on things. Uh, to put it to put it mildly. <laughs> and uh, he's beating the crap out of him, and then he has this flashback of the baseball game. Yeah. And where Sandra O oh comes down and is like. Hey, humanity, he's like, I'm just, this is so pointless to me. Like, why am I here? It's such a waste of time. And she's like, that's our son. Like, we did that. We created that. And, you know, we were happy when he's happy. And then Mark hits the, like, a home run or whatever. Hits a home run, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's so excited. And I wonder if he would have reacted the same way if he had struck out. And, like, same thing I wondered if, like, if Mark wasn't, Viltrumite, if he didn't have superpowers, yeah. would he care about him as much? Uh, well, interesting thing. So, Russell, uh, I think you brought up something when you, like, WhatsApp me a, a few days ago, but was, was that the scene you mentioned that uh, wasn't in the comics that they did in the show that you liked? Well, it, it's that, but it, it's actually, for me, um, I was talking about the train scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, we'll get into that when it gets a bit <laughs> bloodier. For sure. One of my favorite scenes, absolutely, in any animated thing I've seen was the train scene. Oh, yeah, and that's also not in the comics. That was so hard to watch. Oh, yeah. This... I, oh, when, the, when he's trying to save the woman from the building, yep. and it doesn't work out. Uh, it, it, oh, my it, gosh. It doesn't work out it for him a lot out. in this show, which, you know, it's very much the, and I love the running gag of, like, everyone's just like, he's like, hey, I'm invincible, and they're like, it's, it's a bit optimistic, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> What, uh, what I especially liked in the animated series, along with what the comic did, too, is that he was a Superman, uh, Mark Grayson's like a Superman-like character who messed up a bunch oh, in yeah. the beginning. Like, we actually saw the training montage with lots of consequences. And a lot of situations where as he gets stronger, sometimes he'd get a little cocky and he'd fight someone who he'd think he has the upper hand on and then just get completely wrecked. Usually that's and so there was, there was other characters in the show that were significantly less powerful than Viltrumites and particularly Mark, but they had a lot more experience of how to handle tr- crowd control and how to save people. Right. Oh, yeah, and robot. So the, show really, the, the show really did well on showing that struggle of it doesn't matter if you have the nearly the power of Superman if you don't know how to save people correctly and you don't have the crash course training. Oh yeah, because I mean, because even his dad, as powerful as his dad is, his what makes him his dad way more dangerous is just the level of control mm-hmm. his dad has. Like, like you know, when he fights his dad, you're just like, oh, you have no chance. There's like, there's not even a little bit. Like, it, it's just training you. But yeah, there is a huge gap between where he is and where you are. And usually, that's so frustrating for me to watch. I don't like. I'm not gonna say I don't like training montages because I do, but it's like I just don't like watching people fail <laughs> over and over again. Like that was one of my I think my big problems with like 
um, Spider-Man 2 with like Tom, whatever, Holland. Uh, what the far from home? Or? Yeah, no, I no, yeah, I think it was no, I think it was Homecoming. Was my I think either one of those two was that every time we see him fail so many times in that movie, uh-huh. and I was just getting so frustrated. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, I thought it was like done well, where it was like, I don't know, where I was like I was rooting for him, and I like was very I wasn't impatient about his failures. Like mm-hmm. I was interested and I wanted to see him succeed, but I understand that like it takes time. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I like that a lot. And yeah, he... the additional—oh, sorry—the additional strength of this show is that every side character is compelling and interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. super strong you know, supporting cast. Super. It, strong. It's not just J.K. Simmons and them holding the show. Everyone had a very interesting part. And I mean, you watch the series, and you're like, "Wow, there could be like five spinoffs of five different interesting characters and what their lives are like." Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I except mean, for Amber, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see her spinoff. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, I mean, I mean, even in the comic, there are full on like two to three issues at a time where Mark isn't even there. You know what I mean? That's so great. Where like. It happens way later, but there's a but there's a there's a character arc uh, in the comic involving uh, the, the relationship between Robot and Monster Girl that just goes in a very interesting, super cool direction, and then nothing to do with Mark at all. Like Mark is just like doing his own thing, but they'll like cut away, especially when like Mark gets like seriously fucked up, <laughs> which he does get in, in the comics. Like he has probably at least three to four fights that like require like months of recovery. And so that's when they, like, cut away to, like, some other supporting character and what they're doing, which is also that interesting. And they'll do, like, you know, like, you know, with Robot or what they do uh, with, uh, with with Cecil. Just, you know, just all this all this interesting background stuff that just makes the world so interesting to just be in. That you're not like, oh, like, there's never a point where I'm just like, oh, get back to Mark. There, it's, it's always like, oh, what's going on here? What's going on with the Molotov? What's going on with Robot? You know what I mean? Or, or what's going on, you know, you know, with Adam Eve, you know, or with Adam Eve, you know, and her parents. And I, I, her parents were, uh, yeah, her dad was straight out of the comics. <laughs> yeah, I love that she had her own, like, story of, like, coming into herself and, like, living in the woods in a treehouse. Yeah, and, and, her, like and her dad being, like, super old, super old-fashioned to the... Yeah, just, I was just, like... She's brave to stand up for her parents. I'm. I was scared of my parents in high school, so I was like, she's like a wise beyond her years high schooler. Yeah, <laughs> from my perspective. Yeah, her, like her mom was very much like, it's okay, just don't. And her dad's like, no, you need to find yourself a man. <laughs> you need to settle down. <laughs> he was like wanting her to date the guy that cheated on her. I yeah. can't imagine like having a dad that like didn't stick up for me when like a guy was being a jerk to me. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's not cool. This guy sucks. Yeah, and just, uh, well, I forgot, uh, Jillian Jacobs, who uh, played, uh, I forgot her name on Community. Britta. Yeah, Britta. She yeah. was, you know, again, and I'm, I guess I'm going to throw it out there right now during this review. I think that the cast, the voice cast, is just across the line. Mwah. It's just magnifique. I mean. Everybody did great, yeah. Everyone did fantastic. I was amazed. Oh, who was his like friend? Was it Andrew Reynolds? He's from, he was from Girls, I think. Oh, the guy who plays Will. Yeah. The gay friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I will Will say, a lot. I will say I liked Will, but Will was probably my only other fault problem with I the show. I liked Will a lot, no. even though I know no. what we well, both, well, we well, both again, have well again, I like him, but my fault is just that he's just a typical. He, all he talks about is gay stuff. I don't think so. No, he mentioned he dates like 
one guy and he gets immediately turned into a cyborg. Poor guy. I know, but all he but all he talks about is dating, like and like. No, he talks about guys for a little bit, but he's such a supportive friend. I know. He's I a, just love how uh, supportive oh, no. he is. No, he's, again, he's a good character. I'm just saying that for like the gay best friend, you he felt like he was stereotypical. Well, because in the comic, he's not so flamboyant, and in this, he's like a me. He, he's just I so flamboyant. Think he was and, too flamboyant. And and I, know. and I don't know. I'm just tired of the. I'm just tired of the flamboyant portrayal. I didn't think he was, like, offensively flamboyant. No, he was just generically, like, I've seen it. Like, I'm like, you could have... Yeah. And, the, and and like you said, like, they even hired a guy that played, like, you know, the gay friend in Girls, right? Where they didn't... Yeah, but he was a great character. But I'm saying that, like, um, but I'm saying that, like, they just got a guy who already kind of sounds like that. I don't know. I thought he was fantastic. He sounded different in the show to me. I don't know why. Maybe because he had a different face. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was a bit more flat and two dimensional. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. But uh, uh, Russell, what else well, you got for me? It's similar to the Amber thing, where Amber was like very, very one note in some ways. Will's character, like Jeremy's mentioning, was very one note uh, on the gay front. That was like the most interesting thing about him, and that's all we really knew about it. We didn't I know about the most his, his thing about side hustle and things like right. that. Yeah. Um, it was so sad to me. That was heartbreaking. Was I the sad. only one that was touched by no, that between I'm, you no, guys? No, I'm, like, for me, I no, would have I'm felt touched. the same way about you guys. Of Like, there's nothing really going on with his character. They didn't do a lot with him. And, you know, I would have loved to see more of him. But just, like, seeing... Well, one, I loved how supportive he was. Like, throughout the series. Like, when yeah. he was dating Amber, he was yeah, so he's supportive. Yeah, he's a good friend. Except for, like, I felt like he took Amber's side too many times for me. I thought that was annoying. I was like, this is your friend. Why are you taking his girlfriend's side? But then... Yeah, bro code. Also, or bro code. Like, if my friend was like, your boyfriend's right. Even if he was, I'm like, you don't say that. That's not <laughs> Anyway. Um, but um, when he, like, went to college and was, like, really liking this guy, he talked about him the whole drive over. The whole drive over. I was mm-hmm. like, he loves this guy. And then he immediately gets turned into a cyborg and he's calling his friend saying, please help. I think my boyfriend's been kidnapped. And Mark is like, no, because Amber's run off with some other guy and I'm upset about that and I can't help you right now. And then he, his friend was in trouble and was like mutilated. And he had to deal with that and, like, didn't even hold that grudge against his friend. He was very understanding. Well, yeah, like, he, I understand well, you're well, a person. Well, well yeah, because he does show up. He just shows That's up. That's what I think. He just, he's not like, you're a superhero. Why weren't you there for me? Like, he does say that. He does, well, he, well, he does say that, like, you showed up too late, but Mark does show up. But like, he, no, he's so understanding. A yeah. lot of people would have been pissed and maybe that would have ruined the friendship. He, but he, I think he was pissed but understanding. I don't yeah, think there, he couldn't be that's both. what I'm saying. I feel like he's very understanding. Oh, yeah, no, 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 here's the thing. I'm not saying that he's a badly written character. I'm just saying that the flamboyancy got on my nerves because I've just seen it because I've seen the gay best friend trope so yeah, many times. And in, the, sure. and in the comics, he's gay. But there's like, yeah. But like, that's not that's not yeah. all he talks about. In fact, when he cut when he when he comes out to Mark, it, Mark's like, okay, like, I think and, I and, 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 and then and then they're going about their day. Like there's like he it's, pulls it's, an amber. And it's says, not, okay. He pulls like he tells Mark and Mark's like, okay, cool. I'm happy yeah. to. Anyway, let's go on about our day. Like he wasn't. Thank like, you for telling me. I appreciate. Yeah, that. like I like it, like it was like it was a very thank you, but it wasn't like Mark was just like, oh, like why didn't you tell me? Like you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I I would have been fine. I don't. Yeah. And then they just kind of go on, and you know. It's, I think I was just so in love with how supportive he was up front <laughs> and how understanding oh, no. he was. He's a strong. He's kid. an amazing like that's an amazing person Goodness. if you ask me. My boyfriend died or like basically died because you didn't show up. 
And I was like, I get it. I love how, like, for the first 15 minutes, we're talking about how much we hate Amber. And now for, like, 10 minutes, we're just going to talk about how amazing Will is. Okay, I'm done. I'm just saying, like, I thought he was very understanding and I was touched by their friendship. He was was well done. I just think he did. Yeah. uh, They went a little too heavy on what do gay people talk about? I get that. Guys, for sure. that's pretty much it. I'm yeah, like, I wish I'm, he I'm, definitely I'm like, a, he needs to have other I'm like, interests. I'm like, what does he want to major in in college that he's yeah. going to? Like, he I don't to, even know. Yeah. But like, he, like, he wants to major in boys. That's all I know. For sure. He needs to have other interests. Yeah. So, but yes, uh, moving, us, but, uh, moving on, what else you got, sir? Um, again, I've already mentioned about how every character looked amazing. And I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Um, I'm a fan of blood and gore. I, I'm a big fan of the Sam Raimi, there's just blood everywhere, splatter kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think of Nickelodeon, where they do the slime <laughs> on the kids and stuff, yeah. I'm, that, I'm that way with horror and gore, and this show 100% delivered on that front. Oh, Lord, does it? was it. hard to watch it into cartoon. I love that. I loved it. Like, it was great. Like, honestly, when Omni-Man kills the Guardians in the comic, it's way less bloody. <laughs> And in this, and in this show, like I said, like like in the comic, it's not even a fight. He just like takes them out quick. But in this, they're like, no, let's make it a fight. And when like you know, when you and I are watching, they're like, oh, this is a fight. And it was, it's it's amazing because it's one of the because it's when it's definitely when the show's like, okay, this is where the shit gets real. And there's no music to this entire fight. It is just brutality. It is just what's going on. Omni Man doesn't talk the entire fight. They're just like, is he like, is he controlled? Like, what's going on? He doesn't like, answer he, he, he doesn't answer at all. He just starts yeah. killing. There was that great. There's that like, and the Guardians were fighting as smart as they could. Like, I feel like they weren't being dumb. They just were outclassed. Yeah. Like, it's like there's that amazing thing where Red Rush is just getting everyone out of the way. Like that, and when he just like he's the first one to notice and get. Oh my. God, that was so sad. I cried. Oh, when yeah, because Red uh, Rush was my. I don't know why I really connected to Red Rush. I guess because he had a girlfriend that was so sweet yeah. and stuff like that. And like we see her bond with like and he's the first Sandra, one to go. Debbie, at, right? Sandro's Debbie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just seeing that, I was like, oh, it was so sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red he Rush seemed like such a cool dude. Yeah, he was definitely the MVP of the of that fight, even though they all lost. Because he was because he was getting everyone out of the way. I would have probably if he was smart. He should have just played get it, played that role of keeping everybody else alive. That's pretty much because once he's gone, like can he outrun Omni Man? Yeah, like if you notice, he was getting everyone else. He had time to get everyone else out of the way of him. The only problem is once he starts hitting him, Omni Man's like we no. Got, I think he got caught, right? Yeah, Omni Man caught his hand when he's punching him. I thought he got caught when he was trying to run out of the way. No, he got caught uh, because he was start. He was punching Omni Man different directions. Omni Man eventually like uh, was able to anticipate where he was. I'm like even cringing right now. Oh thinking. yeah, because like and, and that was definitely like I, like the moment that because I, uh, I saw this episode before, so I saw it twice. I looked over and we saw all their personal lives before, so uh, it made us oh, connect yeah. with them even more. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was horrible. I was like, mm-hmm. oh god, I'm well, gonna have some feelings about this well, later. That's one thing that you know. That's one of the major things that Russell and I love about this. Is that it makes death mean something? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like it's even not... all those people, like that that episode, uh, we see it all happens so fast. We yeah. see the town get destroyed, the subway, yeah, like back to back to back, and you felt and every you feel one it. of like, those it deaths. feels like it's it's not it's not gore porn. It's definitely like it's this is what would happen, and it's you know it's 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 very Man of Steel if it was rated R, where it's <laughs> just where it's just like. People are gonna die, yeah. and in the comic, they it's a fight, but 
Omni-Man definitely isn't like, like, Omni-Man doesn't do the start killing people just to be like, convince Mark. He Patriot's just, he just punches a man, but like, yeah. like there's... Live, live action uh, superhero movies, you know, like the Marvel movies of DC, I feel like they don't do as good of a job of that. Like, there's that famous um, part in Marvel where Scarlet Witch actually blows up that building. And yeah, she gets a lot of bad press about it. I didn't feel anything knowing that that building was full because, of people. Because you never saw the people inside of it before. Yeah. You just see her reaction and you're like, oh, I guess. Oh, I guess that was full and, of people. But that was also like after we've seen buildings blow, blow up, up before, before, before a million and, times and, and no consequences. And not that no consequences, but, like, but it's like a happy, fun, this yeah. is a great action scene. Don't worry about it. And this show, I, I, I love, and it, it does it in the comic too, but I love that it's able to balance. I like Walking Dead, which is great but it's just super depressing they feel able to still make it realistic where it's tragic but you're still like there's still a lightheartedness and there's hope and there's fun to be had too like it's able to like not just be hopelessness or just gut-wrenching there's part where you're laughing and you're just having a good time yeah. and that's a really hard thing to balance when you have like elements that are ex or, or when you have violence that's that extreme especially with especially the train scene the train scene is just like Dear Lord. Oh I, my God. That kid's going to be traumatized for life. Just holds him in front of the train and just lets bodies just That's splatter on him like ever. bugs on a windshield. Russ, I remember you bringing up that moment. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to continue on just with the, the blood and gore stuff real quick. Um, what I really liked about it and what plays it really well is what I love about the over-the-top gore, it's so unexpected in a lot of the movies it's done. For anybody who's like the first time they watch um, Bruce Campbell in, you know, Ash versus Evil or the Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, it's a horror movie with an over amount of blood. This show, the the clash I really liked about it, it's a bright, sunny, beautifully drawn world, animated, just like it is in the comics, and then it's really bloody. It is a a complete clash of colors and things that work really well. And in throughout the series, it's not like there's just one or two good fights or good moments. Oh, no, there the are fights. several of them throughout, oh, no. the, um, throughout the, the episodes, which I think were played out really well. And the train scene was just, it was, I mean, as gory and painful as it was to watch, it was, it was such a good defining moment for for Nolan to beat up the home from his perspective of like, you, these are nothing but ants to us. And he holds them in front of a train. He's like, I'm going to demonstrate that right now. And you just see how, um, how, how, how easily damaged humans are versus all of these superheroes, particularly the, the virtual mites, you know? Yeah. So, um, even though, uh, Nolan is doing some really evil things from his perspective, it was, it was very compelling what he was doing, you know, like Jeremy said, he wasn't being needlessly violent. He just beat him up and he hit him so hard. He flew into a city that was full of millions of people and millions of people died from it. Yeah. You know? And to him, that's like falling on like a, an anthill, right? You're just like, Oh, like whoops. That heartbreaking scene of after he goes out of his way, Mark goes out of his way to save that one helicopter. I, oh, pilot, no, the, oh yeah. The one. And then he just squishes his head like a bug. Yeah. And he just goes so much effort. Like, oh, my, oh my gosh. Like, 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 like just to save this. And insect. he was even, he was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for saving me. Boom. Lands I behind thought, him. I thought it was the end. Nope. And and just Omni Man lands. <laughs> I had hope for that. And guy. like Omni Man just lands behind him, I was and like, you're run. just like, 
I mean, running wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't anything. do anything. You're, I mean, <laughs> I I'm, just wanted him to this, live so this, bad. You see, this is definitely one of those shows as well, and definitely one of those series where, like, sometimes you're not going to win. Like, yeah. like that battle when uh, uh, when they run in, or when they uh, when Mark has to work, <laughs> Mark work, work, Mark works with that rock guy to go take out uh, Machine Head. And, you know, all those bad guys walk in and, the, you know, and the teen team are, are fighting them. And I'm like, you know, if Battle Beast wasn't here, he'd have a chance. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. I really want to see Battle Beast go up against Omni-Man. Here's the thing. In the comics, he doesn't. In the comics, he goes up against people that are actually, I'm going to say, stronger, right? Really? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I, I was excited because, like, seeing, like, Battle Beast kind of, like... Yeah. Be so upset of like fighting the new guardians. Yeah, and he's like, like, like there's this no challenge. Was so easy, didn't even break a sweat. And like, but, I would love. But to he was also angry. Like, yeah, I, I would promise to challenge. Yeah. this is some bullshit. I'm out. Yeah, and like after everybody's like hanging on to their lives, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, like he like you know monster like, girls in the hospital. Monster girl, like he crushed like her head. Coma. Like you know, like caved Mark's chest in, and and you're just like. Oh my god! <laughs> I would love to see him go up against that. Uh, I guess I'm excited for other fights if you say uh, he goes oh, up to people even stronger. He goes up against one person where they fight for days. Or even how it ends off of like Alan Alien, Alan the Alien. Oh, uh, Alan! Yeah, Alan. He like talks about this team of like the universe or whatever oh, yeah, coming see, together. Oh yeah, let's see what that's about. I'm like, ooh, yeah. season two sounds super interesting. I want to yeah. see everybody come together to fight against. Yeah, this that, one. That's that's more. I will say that more later in terms mm-hmm. of like what that's about. But that definitely builds up to that because as of right now in the show anyway, Mark ain't ready. Oh yeah, here, here's he the funny for, uh, Jamie, for me and Jeremy, there's like ten other really amazing. My characters name's Sonia. That can, that can, <laughs> there, there's like ten other amazing characters that have not even been introduced yet that we are excited for audiences to see and experience. Battle Beast is one of them. There's another character. I'll do a little hint. His character's name is Dinosaurus, and oh, yeah. uh, he's another an amazing character. I'm so excited to see all. Of uh, he oh, was yeah. one of my top, he was one of my top two favorite characters throughout the entire series. Oh yeah, he was, was a great character too. who uh, was only in a handful of issues. He had some really strong story arcs, oh, yeah. and then they completed and then they completed his story arc. Oh where yeah, that it, it lost, made sense Oh yeah, that whole Las Vegas <laughs> thing is uh, is iconic. <laughs> oh, I won't. won't, won't but we won't talk about that. Spoilers. I love spoilers. All I will say is Las Vegas because Russell knows. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But uh yeah, it's they again like you know, the final battle in the show, they the the comic never holds back. <laughs> I'm so Jeremy did not let me look up anything for season one. Maybe nah. season two's a No, nah, well she was also like beg- <laughs> she's also asking me every episode. Like, her, giving me her theories on, like, why Omni-Man... I had so many theories she was that like, was not right she, she was about like, any of them. She was like, was it this? Was it this? And I'm like, that's a good idea. That's also a really <laughs> cool idea. None of them were right. <laughs> and, if I could say more about Omni-Man at this point, um, that is the only other thing I didn't really like in the show, was how much time Omni-Man just kind of waited around before he decided, I'm going to, like, conquer this planet. Yeah. Uh, now I get for reasons that they did it in the first episode as a big hook, but for me the series, uh, the season one takes about a, a place of nine months to a year, roughly about that time is uh, from beginning to end. 
And for me, I really wish we would have had a little bit more. I mean, I like the idea of Cecil and some other characters that were investigating Nolan and why he did what he did. Once, once the cat's out of the bag and people know that Omni-Man did all these murders secretly, I really wish we would have seen some other scenes of him, like kind of like Star Wars, Vader reports to the Emperor. I wish we would have had a few moments like that where we have Nolan reporting to people who we don't see. He just kind of says, like, here's my daily report. What, what do you think I should do next or whatever? Um, something to hang on to because for me, it didn't make sense for his character to be like, I killed the Justice League of this world, but I'm going to wait another year or two for humans to trust me, and then I'm going to turn around, kill a million people, and be like, I'm going to enslave you for breeding purposes. It's like, why did you wait so long, right? That's such a good point. I mean, as someone that didn't watch or read the comics, I did, I think those scenes of him talking to the Emperor would have, like, given away too much. And, like, just that one teaser of when he goes through that portal... And it's like, Earth isn't yours to conquer, I think was like perfect, more than enough. Like, I didn't want to see anything else because I liked, I liked the mystery. I liked guessing what was up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that like, but I, it is an interesting question of like, he raised an entire son, like has lived all these years. I'm like, I guess it took that long to gain the human's trust. I don't well, know. Well, no, he's like, well, because in the comics, he's protecting Earth from other people that want to conquer it. Because he's like, this is ours but I'm waiting for, like, our people to come here to do something with it. So it's just mm-hmm. basically just, like, I, I, right now I'm just sitting here just, just, just make sure no one else conquers it. That's literally all, that's literally all I'm doing right now. Okay. Like, so, like, like, like it's, it's not his job to sing so the So he had a time, planet. so, like, he killed the Guardian. Oh, by the way, Demon Detective, great. I yeah. loved seeing him. Yeah, not in the comics. I know you said that. I was like, he was my favorite. I hope he comes back. Anyway. Well, he definitely can. He, 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 I mean, he's only in hell right now. So, yeah. Which is <laughs> a way safer place than ever, and all the other characters Demon Detective was on top of it, and I was like, he seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. I hope it's too bad he's in hell. Yeah, voiced by Clancy Brown, who's you know, I love I love I love, I love me some Clancy Brown. He was fantastic in Punisher season one. A fantastic voice actor for like things like God of War. He played the Hades in God of War. Yeah, he's also Lex um, Luthor. Yeah, phenomenal voice and he's, and well, Mr. Krabs. Physical actor, phenomenal physical actor, and just that voice too. Uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, he's also I think he's also like the prison uh, guard in a uh, Green Mile, I think too. Yep, that is correct. Yeah. But, uh, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 wait, that's the uh, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption, there you go, you're right, you're right. That's the one, I saved I'm, it there. I'm getting my, uh, uh, my well, well, no, I'm getting my, they're both done by Frank Darabont, and they're both <laughs> by, or and they're both, uh, like, based on books by uh, Stephen King, so. <laughs> it's, so it's easy to get those mixed up. But yeah, man, uh, just all in all, this was a great show. I know your favorite character in the comics is Robot. Uh, how did you feel they did him in the show? Uh, I think they did him really well. Um, he's one of those characters that if people are going to fall in love with him the way I do, it may not happen until like season two or three, mm-hmm. which I, I'm very fine with. Um, but his character and his point were, um, were on point. The only thing I didn't like, and this is actually something I don't like that they did at the very end of the comics, is... They made Robot in the series right now a little evil. Like, he's a little selfish. Like, he's going to... Yeah. He, he released the Mahler twins who caused damage and got people killed and hurt so that he can use and manipulate the Mahler twins, which 
He did manipulate him in the comics, but it's just because they were clear and free, not because he let them free. Yeah. And um, little light spoilers, they kind of take Robot into a darker path. And at the very end of the series, they kind of implied that he was always going to be on a dark path. And for me, I actually feel like he had actually had personal things that caused him to go evil or to change, you know. Oh, and yeah. so this this comic's kind of, or this adaption's doing a, a thing where they're making him a lot more amoral. Like, he's a good guy and does good things for just whatever reasons, but he's amoral. He will, he, like, you know, the, the needs of the many will outweigh the few. And that's the only part of it I don't like, but otherwise, I really have liked his character so far. I understood even a little bit of that, of, like, when Monster Girl was, like, oh, like, I'm eight, I, I age backwards every time I turn, so you don't know what it's like to, like, look a certain way and have people treat you like that just because of how you look. And then Robot was, like, yeah, I do, because people, and then she's, like, well, you don't understand your machine. <laughs> Like immediately judges them. Immediately does the same thing that's been done to her. Yeah. So it's like people don't treat Robot like a person. So even in just that one short scene, I was like, I imagine well, how. Yeah, and to be fair, to their knowledge, that's that's all he is. He's he's just yeah. a machine of artificial intelligence. But he's like trying so that, to connect with her right then. I'm like saying, yeah. like, I do know what it's like to like be judged by by your appearances, and she's like, No, you don't. You're a machine. Um, what I, what I really like about the robot monster girl thing, it's like uh, it's like watching Lex Luthor fall in love with Lois Lane. You got this genius level intellect guy who goes for someone with a more average intelligence and finds a very grounded connection with her, and that 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 was something that even in the comics I really liked everything that they did between the two of them. Yeah, and I thought the whole thing with, like, him, like, helping him in the hospital with her, like, every step of the way, like, like, like sending people out to go get these, like, special flowers in certain places, like, I like that, like, that one robot that came in, that got that flower, but then immediately, like, dropped, and then he, like, grabs the flowers, like, catalyze this, it'll help her out. Like, he put in work to keep her alive. And it was sweet. He's like, you're here, and he's like, I never left. Like, I've been here the whole time. And so, that, and that's the part that bugs me, is he, he's such a sweetheart in these moments and he actually cares for his team and for monster girl on a romantic level and stuff and then he does what he did with the Mueller twins and it's just it's not that he used the Mueller twins it's how he let him escape and everything yeah it's he did it for love Russell gonna... <coughs> he did it for love for bad reason <laughs> uh, hey monster girl would not have approved no and, I think it's interesting because like monster and he also copied Rex's DNA without permission. That's also pretty yeah, shady. Yeah, that was definitely uh, unethical, to say the least. But, <laughs> like, Monster Girl doesn't see him, didn't see him as a person at all. And, like, He's like he I... was like, I need her to see me as a person. Oh, I know. I'm going to copy this guy's DNA. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah. <laughs> Which I can understand the like, robot type of mindset of, like, why I mean, that's okay. I, I mean, I mean, he's a genius, but he's like, damn, I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, the reason I, I, I will say in Which defense gross, of his she looks like 12. Joe, the, the reason I will say I find it quite acceptable, even though it's not the direction I prefer, is it's a, it's a, it's a highly intelligent guy who's extremely lonely. He's yeah. never socialized properly. Yeah. And so for, for someone growing up in his circumstance, I do think as hard as they would be, or they could be, he would be definitely very amoral. 
He's doing the right thing for specific calculating reasons why, but then he'll do slightly shady things like letting them escape or using someone's DNA without telling them and and everything else. Yeah, he's he's very like Cecil. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, there would be some social cues that he would entirely miss. Yeah, or like or permission that he just won't ask for in terms of doing things, uh, for sure. I, I think he was done well. Uh, in terms of just, I mean, I think the show is fantastic. There's probably one more moment that I I, I want to just give a, a shout out to uh, on my end anyway. And, and there's a moment where at the end, because uh, uh, there's a splatter of blood that uh, Cecil leaves in, like I guess the training room. Uh, uh, when the team or, or when the team team becomes the new guardians and, and Cecil's like that's there like, as a reminder that you gotta earn this spot and then like at the end like Rex just starts cleaning it off and then uh, uh, I, I forgot what was his name was his, what was his name Black Samson yeah Black Samson like says no you can't do that or whatever and he's just like and, and then like Rex just look at him and just says fuck you, and then he starts cleaning it, and then, like, Black Samson's about to, is about to hit him, and then everyone is about to, like, say, fuck, no, fuck you, you're not hitting him, and Black Samson's like, all right, now we're a team, and I was like, that was a, that was a great moment, I like that, where he was just like, because you guys have been all been fighting these individuals, like, and also Black Samson, I think it was also a great MVP, because he had that great thing where, even at, like, like when they went out to fight, he'd be like, you guys don't fight like a team, like, you guys are so busy fighting villains, you're not saving people, like, you could have done this, and they're like, but I was doing this, and Black Samson was, Black Samson always had an answer for, like, what you could have done better, like, you could have saved that person, you could have stopped that bus, you could have, like, 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 duplicate, you could have, you know, done that, you could have done that, like, even though he didn't have powers, he was a leader, he knew how everyone could have best been utilized, and they were all, like, again, because they're, they're still teenagers, <laughs> they don't got that perspective, and so... And I and, and I and I thought he was uh, he was also he was very well used. Well, it's funny because Robot would do the similar thing on maneuvering in a calculated way, but Samson, besides being older, he you know funny you know pun intended is the fact he had that human touch. Yeah, he knew how to communicate with them properly and to get that message across. So he was a very great mentor character and really held his own. Yeah, he was very like he was very Captain American. So he he. Like, like, even though Robot was the, you know, the calculations, he was very much, like, the ideal, like, the human, like, this is what a team is. And it's more than just Robot saying, do this, do this, do this. Because half the time, the team was kind of doing their own thing anyway, even though Robot's, like, saying, you should do this. So, it's, uh, I, I, I felt like by the end, they were a stronger team because, uh, they, like, you know, but in episode two, although I did like them, uh, they got their ass kicked quite a bit. And needed Omni Man to come in to save their ass at the end. So, uh, yeah, just 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 all around, just great growth, just uh, all around with these characters. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to what they uh, what different what different choices and routes they take with these characters uh, in season two and three, which have uh, been announced as uh, for the show. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, do you guys have any any or any other thoughts on the show before we wrap this one up? It, it's a great show. I would recommend this show highly to so many people. Oh yeah. Um, I just I love this show, and to love your lead characters and to your side characters and the characters that only get one moment is just fantastic. I, I love that we live in a world where sometimes we get these shows that are just perfect. We get Breaking Bad, where every character in Breaking Bad, great or small, their lines and roles were was fantastic. Uh, Daredevil season one on Netflix, in my opinion, everything about it was perfect and flawless. 
And for this one, despite my gripes, I think it was as perfect as you can be. And my gripes are just more personal opinions instead of things I would say are a big weakness. Yeah, very more nitpicky than flaws, yeah. for sure. I would agree. There was not a dull moment, I think. There was never, like, an episode that I was like, oh, that wasn't that exciting this week. Yeah, like... Like, it was great all the way through. And yeah, every time I kept... Like, every time I got back, she was, like, so invincible, and I'm like, we're out of episode. She's just like... Uh, Dang it. Uh. Yeah, right? I was like, we have to wait. <laughs> or, like, we were watching something else at the time. And I was like, not. I was like, I don't. I'm not. In, I'm not interested in any other show right now. I don't want to. Yeah. Can't be bothered by it. I'm watching Invincible. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, let's uh, let's give our ratings, uh, Miss Michelle. Can you give me your rating for this show out of ten? What do you give Invincible season one? Eleven. Eleven. Holy damn! <laughs> All right. Simple as that. Russell, what you got? Seven point five. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. No, absolutely. 10 out of 10. Uh, yeah, same here. I'm just going to just do, do, across the board. We got two 10s and an 11. An 11 from the newcomer mm-hmm. to the universe, but welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's super awesome. So uh, with that, I will say thank you for joining us at First Glance. You can find us on Podbean and you can find us on the Apple Podcast app. And until next time, I am Jeremy McKinley. Sonia Michelle. I am Russell Andrade. And thank you for joining us. <laughs>